Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Let's get on with the episode indeed. And our <laughs> guest this week is Helen Bruard from in the UK. Hi Helen, <laughs> good to see you again. Thank you. And it's lovely to see you both too. So Helen, let's talk about the kind of hypnotherapy you do, because I'm I'm not familiar with um, the type of stuff you do. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Tell okay. our listeners. So when I'm working with clients, and, and I didn't actually realise this, it was Cheryl Elman that told me actually what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just doing me. All right. Now and then we all have to do we all have to do ourselves because there's only us that can do ourselves. Mm. And if we're going to do good and great hypnotherapy with, with clients, we have to do it as ourselves. Yeah. And um, we were chatting one day and she said, well, what you're actually saying, Helen, is that you're a client-centered hypnotherapist. And I went, oh, yeah, hadn't realized that. <laughs> when I was training, there was no title. You were just a hypnotherapist. Right. You know, I mean, nowadays there's things like a solution-focused hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. There's Imagine. a cognitive <laughs> hypnotherapist. There's a this, that, and the other. And I thought, oh, that's what I do then. That's the, and it's quite, in some respects, it's not a label, but it's quite nice to know the type of hypnosis that I deliver is actually called this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then people will say to me, well, what do you mean by that? So well, what I mean by that is when somebody comes to see me, I have a rough idea of what I'm going to do with you, but I actually don't know what I'm going to do with you till I have a chat with you. And whatever I decide to do with you is done in a way that is congruent with you, not a textbook, not, yeah. a, not a, a scripted script. list that I've got, that I've got to follow it word by word. Mm. And I can't ad lib and I can't do this, that and the other. Right. This is purely about you and for you in your way kind of, th right. kind of therapy. And, and if you're not going to have that kind of client centered <laughs> work, then that you may as well just hand out tapes, but, but it has to be customized to the client completely and, and, and customized to how the client is that day in that moment, yes, because exactly. what they were feeling yes. like last Saturday might be completely different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah have yeah. you ever, have I you ever done, you... have you ever done an intake on a client and you've got, okay, you've got a real good idea of what you're going to do. And they come in that day and it's just thrown out, yeah. the, <laughs> thrown out, completely. Close out the window. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, happens very frequently I have before um, I work with a client I get um I get their notes out and I get their a sheet of paper out and I write the name on the top and I look at what we did last time and I write literally one or two ideas of the techniques that I could do with them it's not that often I'd actually do that yeah occasionally mm. I can but it's just a couple of ideas to get me you know just to get me going if I need to get going or I need an idea but nine times out of ten, I end up doing something completely different right. because they've moved. They've moved either further forward, or they've moved one sideways, or they've moved this way or that way. And now this has become a problem that has never been mentioned before. So then we need to work on that. And I think sometimes that is just a, a product of the rapport you build with somebody. I wasn't going to mention this, but now I can see I can trust you with this piece of information. Mm. <laughs> 
yeah or I, even I, just I, oh would it work for this too can we talk about this yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i i always say that with clients the the initial issue is never the issue it, two or three sessions down the line something else always comes out and as you say denise i think it's to do with rapport and trust mm -hmm. um which yeah, you know yeah. nobody will trust you 100 percent instantly from the first meeting you, of course you, not you know it's got to be you earned and you would worry about somebody that did well yeah <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, though, yeah. I, so, I was I was talking to um, a potential new client the other day, and it was um, it was a, a parents and a one their their teenage child, let's say, and at one point, uh, one of the parents looked at me and said, "I don't think they're giving you all the all the story," and I said, "That's absolutely fine. I know I know that, and that's." I own ex that's what I am expecting because mm -hmm. they have to learn to trust me. Yeah. So this is fine. But I, no, no, no. Honestly, it's fine. I have a few ideas of what else might be going on. Mm -hmm. But nobody is ever forced to say anything. You can talk about the weather. If all you want to do is talk about the weather, that's fine. Yeah. But you've got to build that rapport, that trust. People have to trust you before they can allow the real secret or whatever mm -hmm. it is the real issue let's say to come out mm, absolutely yeah so it's a wonderful so, world we work in yeah it, long, it, is, it is it is a wonderful profession isn't it it yes, is it is it is how, and how that, long that's you... just part that's just sorry go on as i say how long have you been a hypnotherapist 12 years okay did you come at it from another healing art or healing adjacent art? Just suddenly no. tickled fancy and you studied it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you how it came about. I was a school teacher, mm -hmm. a primary school teacher. So I taught those children from sort of five to 11. I loved them. I think they're on the same wavelength as me, especially the little ones. Saying, <laughs> 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 so, you know. Same intellectual level, it's great, loved it. Um, but I got to that point where there was too much stress, and I can't even begin to tell you how much stress was involved in teaching at that time. Was was Ofsted um, involved? Uh, yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> that was one of the stresses. Just one. Um, and it got to the point where I was spending three, no, I was spending, let's say. 90% of my time doing paperwork mm -hmm. to deliver the 10% that I was there to actually do not the 90% of paperwork and, and mm -hmm. workload so you know when you're working over 70 hours every single week day in day out without a break then there comes a, a breaking point and I broke um and being and being being compensated for 40 you remember that too you're working uh, i a think lot it was of... about 35 actually we were being yeah. compensated for it wasn't we're nowhere yeah. near what we should have been no um but when i started when i came out of that i found and actually do you remember do you know there's odd times in your life isn't you where there's a a sentence somebody says to you or something a conversation you have that changes everything isn't there yeah this was my conversation i was um I just had um, an observation by the the head teacher, right? And uh, she, they always give you feedback, which is great. Feedback's good as long as it's done in mm -hmm. a positive way. And she said to me, 
hmm, Helen said yes. She said that was a really good lesson. And I thought, okay. But, and I thought, here we go. What have I done wrong? And she went, I did notice that you were getting just a tiny little bit snippy with one of the, with one of the children. Oh. I thought, yes, if you'd have had her like I've had her, you'd get a bit snippy too. But I actually thought, do you know what? I know where this road leads to. This is where I go and break again. And I'm not going down that road again. Mm-hmm. And that was the conversation that led me to find a hypnotherapist. I came across by just by pure chance, by oh. the way. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having a whole series of sessions to help me deal with the stress and cope with it much better. So I didn't get snippy with the children um, or the husband for that matter. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> that was you know that was what led me into hypnosis I thought this is a bit good this is isn't it everybody should know about this exactly everybody so, should know about it yeah. including children so, um, <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely interesting isn't it so how, I, I how became a hypnotherapist. So did you just you trained and then you handed in your notice or did you work part-time and build up a practice no I did you... I was working part-time as a teaching while I was doing my training mm-hmm. and I did that for a, a few years because at that particular oh, you know when you pick the right time all right and everybody else in the world and not everybody else there was a huge amount of people that would have gone no Helen this is not the right time that you've got way too much on your plate so mm-hmm. at the time I just started my hypnosis training um my mother had just been diagnosed with cancer uh. um and and to be fair she was actually terminal but we didn't find out for a little bit down the road um, my daughter became pregnant with her first um, her first child, and I became seriously ill. Oh. But had done hypnosis, <laughs> you know. So, but I swear to this day, and and, and you know, I, hypnosis was the reason why I got through it all. Yeah, I don't mm. think there's any other reason. It was the main reason how I got through everything. Um, with with my sanity intact, I have to hasten to say as well. Um, but yeah, very interesting year I had, I have to say. Yeah, it is amazing so, how it can then, make you focus, isn't it? When when you're faced with adversity, yeah. how once yeah. you learn the techniques, how you can skirt yeah. around them, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, um, I was able to help my mum as well. You know, I gave her a little bit of comfort. She liked to. I did a at least one or two recordings for her. And she used to like to listen to them. She took them into the hospice at the end when um, mm-hmm. couple, last couple of weeks she was in the hospice, and she took them in there and she she listened to them when she when she wanted to as well. So you know it gave her a bit of comfort towards the end. Um, yep, helped my dad as well because there were times when you know understandably he was overwhelmed That's with everything that was going on. Um, and and it was something that took me out of that whole situation of everything that was going on. It took me out of that and gave mm-hmm. me some space to think about something else for a time. Mm. When your yeah. daughter had her baby, did she use hypnosis? I don't remember. I don't think Ooh. she did, actually. I think <laughs> we were too busy with other things to even think about that. We didn't do um, that. Was, that's... In our training, we didn't do that. Yeah, it's not. It's usually an add-on, but it's um, here. It's the one thing that they know: smoking and they know childbirth. And it's like those are the things it does. It doesn't do anything else. You know, it's 
Ah, but, right. Well, let's still yes, on prob- here. You've bit. probably met people who've used hypnosis. Well, I think the royal family of late has used it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate Middleton, bless her soul. She did us yeah. all a world of good when she said uh, that she was having hypnosis for childbirth because everybody then thought, well, I say everybody, that's a very generalization. People then thought, oh, well, if Kate Middleton's having hypnosis, it yeah. must be okay then. <laughs> mm. Funnily so enough, I was, I was talking to um, a cousin of mine about the hypnotherapy work I do because um, obviously I changed into this career a few years ago now. And um, she's, her eldest son is 30 and she had hypnobirthing with him. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's that's 30 years ago over here. Yeah, I think like, if you you look at the history of hypnosis, it's got this huge wave and it seems like Mm. it's really popular for five years and then, uh, oh yeah, that works. Let's ignore it, go for some new shiny object. And it's (laughs) it's silly because really, there's really no reason that we couldn't just learn this almost from birth. I mean, the the first six or seven years anyway, you're just, you know. I trust you. Tell me stuff, and I'll believe you. Um, and they use their imaginations all the time. And if you know, it really would be helpful, I think, to teach it to yeah. teenagers. The amount of stress that teenagers are under. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm starting to see more and more teenagers um, coming through because they are so anxious and so stressed because of COVID, or or exacerbated by COVID. Teenagers have always had quite a bit of stress. It's hard yeah. to go through. I, I think it's, I think COVID's got a lot to do with it. I think being in isolation has got a that's, lot to that's do with it. There. Yeah, I don't mean COVID itself, yeah. it's the ramifications yeah. of it. Yeah. And I think the pressure to to perform exams has also got a lot to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've got to also understand while they were, and people do forget this, while we were in COVID, certainly 2020, and the kids were not at school. Yeah, no school. Their education was massively hit, but they're still expected to perform. Right. Having missed a year, mm-hmm. or more or less a year, you know. So yeah. particularly, I mean, particularly noticed... the kids when it hit the exam cycles for the, the kids that were yeah. due to take their O levels or the A levels. Yeah. And yeah. that was yeah, that was really. I mean, if you yeah. think I mean, about it. Did... So again. So I'm just going to say, if you think about it, when you're very young, though, a year seems to last forever, oh, doesn't it? Huge amount of time. And, and for the best part of two years, these kids were in lockdown of one form or another. It's like, yeah, yeah. for or a worse, them, it's it's almost twenty percent of the lives, or a good fifteen percent of the yeah. lives have been uh, spent in lockdown. Honestly, I think yeah. part of it was it was on and off all the time. Were we going to school mm. this week or not? It is the uncertainty of it was so huge. It was yeah. it was bad enough yeah. for adults, but. Yeah, it for for young kids. There were children who, until they hit their second birthday, had never been out in company. They'd been with their parents yeah. in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So and I, then of I, course I, after that, I then then um, developed into. I used my teaching skills and developed into train into the training side of things as well. So I do my own CPD training. Mm-hmm. So I create my own courses, things that I've uh, I've developed myself. And I do training with those, but I also do the hypnosis training diploma. And- mm-hmm. so tell me, tell me about the CPDs you've done, Helen. What are they about? Um, I I tend to pick a particular topic. The biggest one mm. that I do is the menopause one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's the one I'm generally known for. That's good. I really love that one. Mind that that came out of um, my own personal experience of having to have a hysterectomy. And I'm lying there thinking, 
I'm a hypnotherapist. I've not long qualified. I'm a hypnotherapist. I can do something about this. I'm not having out flushes. That end for me. That not. That's not <laughs> oh, you um, were oh instant menopause. You you went into instant menopause. You 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 had hysterectomy and that triggered it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No no slow. Let's just boom. Yeah. No, let's just go there. That does kind of fit in with my personality. All or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it, it did kind of fit when I thought about it afterwards. The best is, is that the surgeon came in the next day to see me after I'd had my operation. And he said, um, oh, yeah, it went really well, Helen, blah, 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 blah. And he said, um, yeah, I'd noticed that um, you didn't lose very much blood at all. And I'm sat there smiling to myself because I'm thinking, yes, that's because I did hypnosis on recovering before I had the surgery. That's before. And I thought, yeah, yeah. I know that. You didn't know that, but I do. But he just yeah. confirmed what I thought. Are you mainly online or do you see clients face to face a lot or? I do both. Um, if you'd have asked me a month ago, I'd have said to you, the clients that I'm dealing with are about 95% face to face. Now we're back, we're now we're sort of towards the end of January, it swung back to kind of like a sort of a, either a 50 50 or a 60 40 kind of swing um it's very strange how that happens but people have got more used to working online which is mm. a good thing because we can all reach further now yeah. not just our tight little community mm -hmm. um so it has broadened the world up massively so yeah I'll tell I, really you what, I had a recent oh sorry well i had no. a recent experience of helen um a client that was having a course of hypnotherapy um and i think it was on week four they were away for a week on holiday uh-uh, not a problem. They still have the therapy that week on Zoom. The best one is when you're in a hotel room and you've got the beach there and you're just doing a client. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you think, right, when I'm finished, I'm off to okay, the beach. <laughs> <laughs> just out there. But that, not perhaps for the client so much, but if the client is travelling, it also means... They don't have to yeah. deal with, you don't have to deal with the traffic. I, I mean, obviously they're not going to come from the beach yeah. to see you, but also just the fact that it can, it, it's easier to fit an hour session with you in without the half hour to get to you, the half hour to get back, the half hour to be stuck because Biden's traveling for yeah. Yeah, whatever else might. And the stress of that, which interferes really with that sort of integration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, um, online is more convenient, like you say, because there is no traveling. It can be, oh, well, I'm just logging out of work for an hour just while I have my, my yeah. session and then I can log back in again. And you don't yeah. have to worry about finding your way there, parking I, and all this stuff right. that goes no, with I, I do. I, obviously, I can't forbid my clients to do things, but I do suggest that they put it at the end of the day. So if they're, yeah. if they're at work and they want to see me at five o'clock at work, they give themselves a half hour before they go get in the car. And... Yeah to not put it in the middle of the day because then they get all stressed out again. I mean, obviously I don't want to work all evening, every evening, but I really try the people that can't just chill at home for an hour. Um, we yeah. really try to move it towards the evening. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people say, well, yeah. can you do eight o'clock before I go to work? Why? Just sort of not wasted, but you're getting half of the, the effect really, if you put all that stress right on top of it. Yeah. You're not getting the yeah. chance to savor it and let it kick right. in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what do you mainly see clients for, Helen? Oh, now that varies. I don't know about you, but I tend to find they come in waves. So mm -hmm. I tend to find I get a whole load of people for stress, a mm -hmm. whole load of people for menopause, 
it's almost like the signal goes out right we're all doing this this time come on off you come yeah. and they all come in and then i'll get a load for weight loss mm. and then I'll, I'll get the odd one or two for along the way for different things but i do quite often find things do sort of coming up some waves now whether that's because i've been concentrating on something or i've been marketing for that particular thing maybe that's what it is yeah. um yeah but it's an interesting thing how that happens sometimes or, or a, especially with weight loss though recommendations because somebody you know starts losing weight and they tell the friends yeah. how they're doing it then yeah 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 that definitely helps yeah. do you do you market in any particular format do you use facebook or do you run local ads or write blogs what's your usual well means of i'd love to out? write blogs i'm very capable of writing blogs but somehow you don't <laughs> um but marketing usually is a multiple of strands um throughout lockdown every single client i had throughout the whole of covid was all word of mouth so that was a very interesting thing um i do get quite a few word of mouth stuff which i'm sure we all do um some of them come from google though i do need to do something about my adverts on google at the moment um mm -hmm. some of it from social media I do advertise in the local ad paper. It, it's lots of different things and it should be lots of different strands that you mm. market, not just one way. Because if one starts to fall for some reason yeah, or something else to decreases up. for some reason, you've got others to back it up. If you're just marketing mm. or relying solely on, let's say, word of mouth, for instance, mm -hmm. then you know you may find that you might have a tricky, a tricky spot along right. the way sometimes if that fails unless you've got so many people recommending you all at the same time consistently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you but, belong yeah. to any of the big networking groups other than the hypnotist ones? You know, the BNIs of the world. Be. I used to belong to BNI. I've, I stepped out of that um, during COVID actually. Mm. I had so much stuff on at home so much stuff that i was doing and developing that i couldn't really give it the credit that it needed and the mm -hmm. attention that it needed without dropping the ball on something else that that i was working on for my own business yeah so i stepped away for a while hmm. how about you okay. i i belonged to one of the local chambers which got me to to get to know what quite a lot of people i've dropped back from it now I, um, I'm pretty sure the gentleman who runs it wouldn't be watching this, so I can say mostly because he mansplained and drove me mad. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I do, I, I'm still quite friendly with several of those people. So there are there's little, faith, mostly Facebook groups of, of locals. So there's some interaction. You'll meet them at the shop as well as feeding them online for a group meeting. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So that and and thankfully this YouTube, my own, um, I have uh, Myth Magic Medicine, which is two doctors talking, um, where I interview another physician about whatever the physician wants to talk about. But sometimes we get around to hypnosis too; it's fine. Um, and then yeah, Facebook and word of mouth. And Google oh, My Business is very, I get a lot, I'm finally getting people from further afield. It's interesting. It was right yeah. right around where I live. And then it was then it just got a bit bigger for the rest of the state. And now we've dropped down to Virginia. So that's good. Oh. Waves. <laughs> good. But, what um, about you, Martin? 
Well, I do. Well, I do this podcast with Denise, of course, um, and I do my local newspaper column. <clears throat> oh, lovely! Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been doing that almost a year now. Um, even though it was only supposed to be for a month. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, and then I've recently joined into a private mental health care clinic. Um, so I'm working from there. Within, they've got nine consultant psychiatrists and other therapists in there like CBT and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm the only hypnotherapist there. So I'm getting in-house referrals, plus they do a lot of advertising mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So I'm, get, I'm getting, you know, the business that way um and, and, and other, other than that I'm, I, I am on social media linkedin and facebook right <clears throat> right so you're saying denise yeah. no it's, i you're right i i've i forgot I, I have a radio thing too which is just a once a month thing so i think i think those things are just gradually picking it up i don't like to do paid advertising it hurts me when i be paid advertising <laughs> 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 Well, you know, this thing with social media these days, because in advertising, they, they used to talk about above the line and below the line. Above right. the line was what you paid for and below the line was anything right. you didn't pay for. And you had to use your, a bit of thinking power, um, you know, whether that was sending 50 faxes out to people's fax machines or something. Um, I mean, social media is all below the line, isn't it? Unless you choose to pay for it and get a bigger coverage. But that's all it is. It's just using your imagination and ingenuity to reach right. people mm-hmm. below the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depends on how big your groups are and whether people want to share. If they say something interesting enough, they'll share it. <laughs> yeah. Attach yeah. your post to a really pic- beautiful picture of a cat. Maybe it'll move. I was just <laughs> going to say, oh, the cat, I use my cat. She gets more She gets more attention than I ever do, I have to say. You know, you know. <laughs> I put a picture up of Molly being groomed and, and it immediately reaches yeah. hundreds of people. It's funny, Helen, you're talking... Talking about teaching and cats a couple of weeks ago, I was um, doing some work in schools with a charity um, on diversity and inclusion. And part of the presentation was putting all these um, photographs up on the screen of me and my life. And with the class of five to six year olds, every single question, who's the cat? What's the cat called? How old's the cat? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't want to know about anything else. (laughs) It was all about the cat. Yeah, 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 Bengal. And oh, it, usually, yes. it usually would be in the room too, so I'm not sure. She's usually know. singing to us. Molly's still having a post-tea sl- uh, snooze. Uh, well, I, well. I inherited my Bengal 10 years ago when my mum died. And at that time, she was 10. And Ooh, if you read all the books, they say average mm. lifespan of a Bengal, 12 to 15 years. Yeah. She's 20 oh. this coming May. And she still looks exactly the same as when she was 10. Um, yeah. typical Ben goal, you know, they sing all night, sleep all day, <laughs> and they try and rule the roost. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, she's well, like, yeah. she's in peak of health. You, you just, she doesn't yeah. look like a 20 year old cat. Well, Molly's um, a Norwegian forest crossed with something else. Oh, she's a big fireball. That's, that's big, like it's like a Maine Coon sort of size, right? Yes, yeah, she's yeah. very similar to a Maine Coon. She's got little stumpy legs. So she's got little tiny stumpy legs. <laughs> she is beautiful. Um, but she she was a stray that turned up one night. It's a bit of a uh, kind of like a, a typical Disney story. She turned up. It was tipping down with rain. She was drenched, little miserable thing. She was only tiny and she's meowing. Claire's crying. I'm crying. Colin's going, let the 
bloody cat in. <laughs> yeah, we're going to feed it. You know, of course, we're going to feed it. And that yeah. was sort of back in 2010, and she's still here. Um, <laughs> she's not far off your, yours age, actually. She's 18 this year. Mm. And she looked, she didn't look 18. Even the vet keeps saying, are you sure she's 18? That's unpositive. So, yeah well when yeah. we first um took her to our local vet here um because we oh, we moved back into his house a few years ago um we took her to the vets then and he read a microchip and he's like surprised how old she was because obviously the date's on the yeah. microchip isn't it when she was first registered yeah. Yeah. um yeah she's a total nightmare she tries to rule the roost but she knows exactly how to play you they can play mm -hmm. you like a fiddle she can absolutely mm -hmm. play you like a fiddle. And my other half's 10 times softer than me, and she runs rings around him, and he's stupid enough yeah. to love <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My husband, the one that said, um, well, you can let her in, but I'm having nothing to do with her. Oh, oh yeah. Check out Molly's Facebook page. Yeah, I was going to say, are they, they sleeping together on the sofa? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She climbs <laughs> upon his chest, she sticks her nose on his nose, they have a conversation, they have all oh, cuddles, and oh, my God. <laughs> God, I love it. Oh, no. We're nearly at the end of our recording time. Let's talk about some more hypnosis for a minute or two before we have to go. Yeah, she's the, I, I think, I think we have a cat. She's the absolute perf perfect hypnotist. Yeah, she looks yeah. at him with those eyes. And yeah. that, I think, should be the title of this one. I think it should be Helen Broad, Hypnosis and Cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? It, th this is the whole thing, though, Helen. Every conversation is just a conversation. And yeah. you'd be surprised at some of the viewing and listening figures on some of the way out conversation. It, all we want to get across to people is hyp hypnotists, hypnotherapists are regular, normal people who've yeah. just chosen yeah, to go yeah, into yeah. this kind of helping profession. Um, we want to remove that mystique, you know, and get away from people who think it's the dark arts or yes. swinging watches or whatever. Right. Or worse, and, cloaks. You know, yeah. yeah <laughs> that conversation about the swinging watch and, and everybody, like you say, there are people that think, oh, yeah, it's that mystical swinging watch. And I go, no, 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 no. The watch is purely to grab your attention. That's all. That's all it's yeah. for. Yeah. The that thing is, Helen, I, 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 before I became a hypnotherapist, I was a jeweller, a bespoke jeweller for 20 odd years. So oh, look wow. what I have in my drawer. But <laughs> 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 nothing to do with hypnosis. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, my heart is no, normal people. <laughs> Well, I'd say normal people. <laughs> well, we're as normal as everybody else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, right. you know, but the best thing, right, you can imagine the picture, and I swear to you, I, I, I do this not all the time, but I do do it sometimes. So I'll be sat in my office, I've got a client sat in front of me, we're having a lovely conversation about God knows what. And um, and once, once people get to know me quite well, I obviously have a thinking face, all right? Now, that mm -hmm. thinking face while I'm doing therapy is me arguing with myself. So, and they'll say to me, this one chap said to me one day, uh, what's going on in your head, Helen? I thought, you'd be sorry, you asked that question in a second. And uh, I said, well, it's like this. <laughs> said, I've got part of me going, we should do this, we can do that, we can do the other. I said, and then there's the other side of me goes, no, 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 we need to do this. And then this bit's going, no, 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 we can do that. And I said, and this is how it goes on in my head. And he's going, 
I think we should swap places. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm just, I'm just working through what exactly what to do with you and how to do it. That's all I'm right. working through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to reason lost. it out. I mean, how, how you yeah. sort of have your own inner communications. Everybody's unique anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. re reasoning yeah. things out, arguing things out. Perfectly normal. Is in my book anyway. Hypnotherapists <laughs> 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 oh, agree. Hypnotherapists are normal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Helen, thank you for coming on. That has gone far, far too quickly. You'll have to come on another one with us. Oh, yeah. Uh, that has gone far, far too quickly. But thank you for coming on. We're going to put your contact details in the show notes below. Um, so anybody wants to get in touch with you directly and talk to you about having hypnotherapy can do. Um, but thank you very, very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for having me, <laughs> indulging <All right>. me. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.